Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe, last week, I said that I wrote some variation of Fuck Oliver about three times. (laughs) It is. And this week? (laughs) It's almost every note. I like, I have a vivid image of what happened in this episode, but it was almost just blind rage (laughs) Mm -hmm. at this sociopath that's the only word to use to describe this man he is a sociopath manipulative douchey Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. like uh, my very first note was i'm sure it's the point but i don't trust oliver one bit in this show (laughs) and i feel like every and and you can correct me if i'm wrong or maybe i'll find out in a couple episodes because i did unfortunately reveal to myself through Trying to figure out how the fuck I knew this kid, and that's how I found out that he was in Phantom of the Megaplex, mm-hmm. was at least happy to see, according to Wikipedia anyway, that he only appeared in six episodes, and we've knocked out four or five of them thus far. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that the next time we record, that'll be a series close on Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, dude, just a fucking pain in the ass. Like, <laughs> just, just stress me out. But, as much as I say fuck Oliver, the the newfound love for Luke, st- his stock is still rising, baby. Yeah. <laughs> like it's great. It's great. He's if if he just sits comfortably in like weird punch drunk comic relief character for a little bit, I will be fucking thrilled. Like it, he is so good in that role. Like he's actually a better comedic relief to me right now than Seth Cowan. Yeah. Yeah, like, absolutely. Every line he delivers just fucking lands. Except, I think Summer had the line of the fucking episode. And it was like in the first five minutes of this episode. What was it? <laughs> so Marissa and Summer are having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I forget what was the setup to it. But Marissa says, clearly I was being sarcastic. <laughs> And Summer says, "Oh, <laughs> so so was was I, which we never did until Cohen showed up and taught us about irony." 
that jackass. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That was, yeah, that was probably my favorite so far. That's a beautifully constructed sentence. (laughs) He taught us about irony. Holy shit. It's so good. Joe, I'm not going to make you wait on this. Okay. I promise you that I have, I have a new segment. It won't be a weekly segment. It'll be, Mm -hmm. it'll be a segment as I see it. Okay. And this segment, I'm going to just simply call who wore it better. Okay. (laughs) So who wore it better? This is just one category today. Who wore it better? Summer or Donald Duck? (laughs) (laughs) You are not right for this. Um, (laughs) I mean, no offense to a classic, to an icon, but Summer is wearing it better. (laughs) Then she showed up and I literally wrote, what the fuck is Summer wearing? Dot, dot, dot. She straight up... She's Disney bounding as Donald Duck right now. <laughs> like, holy hell. Well, the fashion in this whole episode is like suspect, right? Because you have like it's... like Seth and Anna trying to be old. <laughs> yeah, it's it is insane. Also, Summer is off her fucking rocker this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, she's listing these ways she's going to get revenge on Seth while they're on this trip, and it's like, I'm going to put his hand in a cup of water so he pees himself, and then Anna's going to be like, oh no, he pees himself. And I'm like, you are 17 years old. <laughs> like, yeah. It is uh, <laughs> It is what the kids say. Uh, she is pressed. <laughs> she is pressed. Yeah. She's all fucked up by this. And then she just keeps actively crushing like like interrupting their sexy mm-hmm. time their sexy time together or not even sexy time just like them getting to know each other better but yeah. it does a we, we've been talking about how the oc is leaning on more runners um and this is a little sneak peek into some of the music every time that it shows seth and annie together it's playing different music by a composer named martin denny that mm-hmm. always gets a record scratch, a loud record scratch as Summer runs in and goes, hey, guys. So like, it's literally like Summer invented the Debbie Downer sketch before it yes. existed. Like, mm-hmm. Summer's insane. Oliver is legitimately insane. <laughs> <laughs> Clinically, actually, not like, well. And like, I think that Marissa is kind of right for like... She points out that Ryan and Oliver, that Ryan should have more sympathy towards Oliver because their stories are so similar to a mm-hmm. certain point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I obviously I am me watching this through the lens that the filmmakers want me to watch it. Mm-hmm. But I can understand through Marissa's like hazy fucking blinders on perspective why she's like, look, you guys have a very similar path of like, You've gotten into trouble. You've been abandoned by your parents. And like, you just need new friends to like get you back on track or whatever. Like, I get what her intentions are. But like, Oliver straight up tried to crash into them with a golf cart and then had a psychotic freak out, which was clearly just an act Mm -hmm. 
like a sympathy act and then faked a suicide. Like, yeah. Like, faked like, an attempt. <laughs> faked a suicide faked, attempt. Faked a suicide attempt, which like jump into the very end. <laughs> but the the last note I wrote was a quote from him. He says, but if I go to the hospital, they'll put me on suicide watch because I tried to commit suicide. <laughs> and it's like, exactly. That is, yeah. I I am judging Marissa now that thinks that she's going to do a better job <laughs> of keeping a suicidal person mm-hmm. from committing mm-hmm. suicide than a hospital staff. <laughs> Yeah, with a patient on suicide watch. It's like it's bad moves on on Marissa's part, and like okay, so I I've been thinking a little bit more about this, right? And it's and the kind of like the it's literally the manifestation of the phrase "the road to hell is paved with good intentions" because yes. like yeah, she has all these good intentions to try to help Oliver. She's his friend. He is the only one that she is um, that she is friends with in her like current social group that has um, to you know in her mind has any understanding of the struggle that she has with substances and you know the kind of the um how that like you know makes you an outcast and you know the stigma that goes with that but i think the problem is like i have never looked at marissa as a person with substance abuse issues i just look at marissa as a person who doesn't handle bad news period you know what i mean like <laughs> like and like i She's- just addict she just doesn't know how to take the news she doesn't know how to receive that news that's my thing it's like we haven't seen enough of like i'm sure i'm wording this wrong and it's going to sound shitty my point is like we have so we have seen her abuse substances yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't think that i would categorize marissa as an addict though you know what i mean like it's like it's not like we've seen like this weekend bender like this week-long bender where she can't like keep her shit together and is like Mm -hmm. you know just showing up at any random evening hangout because like she just needs to get her fix she just needs to work on like sometimes life's disappointing girl like (laughs) that doesn't mean you immediately grab the prescription pills and the tequila sure sure, (laughs) sure like i i just i i think that she thinks that they are more intertwined than they actually are I <laughs> because I he's that. manipulated her into thinking that they're exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's just a, also a big complaint to the editing in this episode mm-hmm. during the golf cart scene, because like I get it. It's like a low budget. You're probably not going to actually try to have two golf carts charge at each other and the right. editing to try to not have to film most of the actual action <laughs> throughout it made that scene. I had to rewind it because I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> like, I was so confused as to what was going on because it just kept like quick cutting to the different people in the golf carts and then it's like a two second shot of like the carts almost hitting each other and mm-hmm. then an off-screen crash and you're like what like i literally was like all right i gotta rewind this i <laughs> i don't understand what's happening yeah that really kind of is the last straw for ryan um who does deliver i think a phenomenal line um where he says to oliver the next time you want to be alone with my girlfriend just let me know so i can stay home and it's like dude like 
I feel like a great line. You're calling him out on his bullshit. Yeah. But I also think, and Marissa would never see it this way. I feel like that's also got a shit ton of confidence that your girl's not going to cheat on you. You're just like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. If you want to spend time with her, I, there's zero sweat off my back. Just don't drag me into this bullshit. (laughs) It's like, I know, um, I know who I'm with. She knows she's uh, he's confident and trusting yes um, yeah which, like it, it yeah makes him it makes him look good there uh, i also wrote a note that i just want to read i keep forgetting marissa has a sibling except for when jimmy references that he has two children <laughs> <laughs> i'm a fan of the show and i'm like oh that's right caitlin is still in the picture <laughs> every time he's like you know single father two kids i'm like two kids <laughs> like, like oh yeah what, the, the, what two the kids? horse the horse with alopecia. <laughs> China. China, yeah, China, the horse with alopecia. The other child. I do want to talk about, like, we got to talk about a little bit more of the summer, mm-hmm. Seth and Anna stuff, because, mm-hmm. like, there's this scene where Seth and Anna are hanging out, just having quiet time, just cuddling mm-hmm. in silence, in walks Hurricane Summer. She's nah. <laughs> like, we're going to fucking, I'm going to make sure that these dudes, no, that nothing sexy happens with these two. And she puts on the TV. And what I think is the most adorable shit in the world is like, no matter what she puts on the television set, it is like something that like Seth and Anna are fucking vibing on. And I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. I also wrote, God, I really want an egg McMuffin right now. Like they have such a deep <laughs> conversation about McDonald's egg McMuffins. Uh, slightly dated, but like not slightly dated. Them talking about like why can't we figure out the technology to have breakfast twenty four seven? McDonald's did crack that code, and then just in the middle of the pandemic decided, now nah, we don't need to offer that anymore. Biggest yeah, mistake they've we ever just... made. Like yeah. I, I that is the biggest tragedy that the COVID nineteen has brought upon us was the. End of the McDonald's breakfast. I mean, you, you can make the argument that they are not being supportive of like our essential workers because you no. know what goes great. Like you can just see the McDonald's ad, right? It's like a bunch of nurses getting off of a difficult shift, going to McDonald's at like you know midnight, <laughs> and they get an egg McMuffin. Like I'm telling you, Joe, there is no better combination in this world to me mm-hmm. as a man who loves. Two things at Mc, uh, three things at McDonald's, a McGriddle, mm-hmm. an egg McMuffin, mm-hmm. and their shoestring fries. Having mm-hmm. twenty-four hour breakfast allowed me to have all three of those things in one meal. <laughs> I, I do you get it with egg or no? Your your McGriddle. Oh yeah, with egg. You okay. got it. I actually learned that if you do the drive-through. You can request that they put the egg McMuffin egg on your McGriddle, which was a game changer for me. Oh, absolutely. A round <laughs> egg always. No, fuck the folded egg. This is I learned yeah. that from when when it was still being offered and we were doing Uber Eats a lot in the pandemic. Um, and quite honestly now, um, I learned that like there is a section where you can like sub out folded egg for round egg. Yeah. And... The round egg is so much better. The yeah, round absolutely. the round egg is is the secret sauce right there. But like that that's just like because i eat a lot of mcdonald's Mm -hmm, and i feel mm -hmm. like the only reason that i get mcdonald's for either a lunch or a dinner is because i just really want their fries and i'm like well 
I might as well get like the McNuggets with it, or I might as well get a bird. Like I might as well make a meal out of it. I'm not going to sit sure. in the drive-through just to walk off with a three-dollar fry. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, but but like you would, <laughs> but I would, and I will, and I continue. But like, man, when it was the option where I was like, oh, I'm going to get my breakfast sandwich and I'm going to get a large French fry to go with mm-hmm. it. Like it was worlds collide. I also want to ask you a very random McDonald's French fry question that came up sure. when I was hanging out with my friends this weekend. Okay. When you're going to McDonald's and you get your French fry, mm-hmm. do you feel like it is a victory if they are extra crunchy French fry or if they're slightly soggy, limp French fry? Oh, it's a victory when they're crunchy. Okay. I'm of the it's a victory when they're like just a little little soggy and limp. I, I <laughs> It's the only no. French fry that I'm like, give me that barely cooked <laughs> vibe when I eat it. No, um, unlike a penis, I need like the only way that it it needs to be hot and hard to get me off. Now, see, I will say this. I feel the total opposite with Wendy's. If I go to get Wendy's and it's like like kind of like a moist French fry, it's fucking awful. But if it's done, if it's cooked well done and they've got that like special sea salt on it. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Again, fr- honestly, fries are the number one thing that I'm looking for at my fast food restaurant. Sure. Who it's has the better hardest nuggets? thing to walk away from Chick-fil-A about is that the waffle fry is an undeniably great fry. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can get that chicken sandwich from damn near anywhere. <laughs> yeah, but the fries and like the soft serve vanilla. Is... <laughs> yeah. You're like, God damn you. You fucking bigots. Why do you have such good French fries? So who has better nuggets, Wendy's or McDonald's? I actually like McDonald's. I think I like a McDonald's McNugget. I so here's this is this is the thing I've been saying for 10 years. I think that McDonald's wins on almost every single front, not for the quality, mm-hmm. but for the consistency. The McDonald's, Fair. the McDonald's, no matter where I go. No matter what time of the day, the McDonald's mm-hmm. tastes the way I want the McDonald's to taste. I've had a Wendy's cheeseburger that is better than any McDonald's burger, but I've also had complete garbage cheeseburger from from a Wendy's. Same with Burger King. Like, mm-hmm. say they, whatever they're doing at McDonald's, they have cracked the code on how to make sure it is exactly the same no matter what state I am in, no matter what airport <laughs> food court I'm walking into, the McDonald's will taste the way I want the McDonald's to taste. And I don't have that guarantee mm-hmm. at any of the other fast food establishments. Yeah. But I will I, also say that, that at its I, at its peak, the Burger King chicken fry was like the the magical <laughs> fast food <laughs> menu item. And then like I started getting just what was essentially bread. <laughs> like it was yeah. like it's like there's no chicken left in this. This is just crust from inside just, the deep fryer. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just oil and crust. <laughs> but See, anyway, this so, is how much we hate Oliver because This is how much we, we hate are... Oliver. We're having a deep dive here. But like so this is this is the note I wanted to read that I wrote down. I was trying to find it. Summer is forcing herself I'm going to read it verbatim. Summer is forcing herself into a bad situation and then getting upset that it's a bad situation. Mm-hmm. She should just walk away from this knowing that she doesn't have that much in common with Seth and stop mm-hmm. trying to throw them off the game. The fact that the brother sister remark throws them off makes no sense to me why that bothers them so much because it's like what does Summer know? Yeah. <laughs> like like it's it's yeah. such like a moot point. Like you two have been vibing. 
I don't vibe with my sisters like that. <laughs> like, no, no. You know what no. I mean? Like we have great inside jokes and we can all laugh about those inside jokes, but like we're not sitting there like having these deep conversations about like how do how come we can put a man on the moon? We can't crack the code on how to make a breakfast sandwich in the middle of yeah. the day. You don't banter with your siblings. No. <laughs> you mostly take shots at each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, lovingly. Yes, but you do. All with love. Also, I just, the note right below it, I'm just going to read, it says, Oliver fucking sucks so much, I hate this fucking kid. <laughs> it's getting so amped up watching this. Oh, yeah, I said, Summer's being a real nightmare to Cohen and Anna. It's very immature, which is slightly on brand for, oh, I wrote, Luke is such a fuckboy, but I like him more now than I ever have before when he's, like, flirting with Summer after they drop... <laughs> Set the nail, and then Summer has a line. She goes, "Oh, ew, God, no! You're cute and all, but no." no. <laughs> she like walks out of the car. I'm like, I, I would actually ship that. I, I would ship the the Luke Summer for a little bit, but that's because I'm Team Anna. I've, I've yet yeah. to be swayed. I'm kind of surprised that she's not kind of going for it, but I, I guess feel like Summer bro code. I, I, well, I was going to say, I think summer episodes like one through four would maybe mm-hmm. consider it. Um, well, I guess no, because that would have been at the peak of. No, I guess you're right. She couldn't. She, it's her best friend's ex. She couldn't. Yeah. Maybe if this was like three years later. You know what I mean? Like, Possibly. Yeah. Enough time has passed. Luke is still. I feel like this is always a hot topic, right? Like dating a friend's ex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the most acceptable route that that happens is if it is a clean enough breakup that the exes continue to hang out in a group setting together. Right. So, you know what I mean? Like with this scenario, it's like, all right, like, yes, Marissa dated Luke. Luke is now hanging out with Marissa, Ryan, Summer, Seth, Mm. pretty regularly. Sure. So it, I feel like there's a different vibe where it's like, who are you going to date most of the time, but like close friends. And if you're building up that close relationship and it is very established over a couple years of that friendship, that the two people who used to date have really come to terms on not just mm-hmm. like platonic breaking, like they don't have those feelings anymore, but sure. also that they are like maintaining a regular friendship I don't think you're breaking any type of bro code at that point. Yeah. But if you're like low key secretly still friends with their ex and hanging out with them. And then all of a sudden they're your boyfriend. Now you've, now you've cracked. Now you've broken the code (laughs) a little Mm -hmm. bit, but I think that if the, the former significant other is actively welcoming that ex into the friend group while Mm -hmm. not having any intentions of dating them, they're kind of, indirectly setting up one of the friends to one day have feelings for that person. <laughs> it's a real Charlie Ross Joey situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. This was like, I mean, you can't top that Rooney episode, that Rooney episode. I mean, we've got maybe 10 more episodes this season, but right now that Rooney episode's looking Pretty good for best episode of the season for me. It scratched all my itches. It was a little bit dramatic. It was a hell of a lot of funny, and I fell in love with Luke finally. So, yeah. 
Um, I I love um before we move on, I just want to say that anytime any of Sandy's pot shots about Julie and Caleb, just <laughs> like, oh, the ugly Americans are returning. <laughs> I think <laughs> just didn't so was good. it the gruesome twosome when they showed up? Yes, but, uh, I love the gruesome twosome. <laughs> He's I, I do love me some Sandy Cohen and I will actively dump my brain of you telling me that one day I may not. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey. Do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Let's talk music. Not nearly as many songs as last week. We don't have a Rooney concert in this one, so that might be why. Um, no, yeah, there's no, we're not trying to uh, thrust an artist down young people's throats right now. No. Uh, and pretty light on the music. We've got The Quiet Village by Martin Denny, which is the first song that plays when Summer interrupts Seth and Anna. The second one is Love Dance by Martin Denny um, when they're in the house. When they show up to Palm Springs, Tom Jones's It's Not Unusual is playing. During the golf cart race and a little bit towards the end of the episode, we hear a puddle of muds away from me. And then when Anna or when Summer first turns on the TV in Seth and Anna's room, we hear Addicted by Enrique Iglesias. Uh, So, Joe, I must ask, what's the song of the episode? Although I feel like I've named five songs and only two of them could even possibly be viable options. Um, Addicted is really good for its placement and it's a little on the nose with the title and everything. Mm-hmm. But like what makes my heart sing is it's not unusual. Like let's That's what I wrote too. I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is where the tough part is, right? Because if you're thinking about the song that matches the moment, it's probably that puddle of mud song. Sure, like during sure, the sure, golf cart sure. race. But I did not anticipate Tom Jones showing up on the OC. No. <laughs> so when it's that also like happened, I was like, holy shit. It's also so unhinged, right? It's just yeah. like it it just adds to kind of the um because what it it's the scene where Oliver's like throwing the pills around, right? No, 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 no. I mean, maybe it shows up again there, but it's it's when like Ryan and Luke are bringing in the keg into the Palm Springs house. Oh, I got it. Yeah, I think it shows up later again when he's like throwing the pills around or something. Yeah, when he's trying to make it look like the suicide attempt. Yeah, yeah. Which like I love that Ryan sees like straight through it. He just doesn't know where the pills were hidden. But he's like, it's like he just tried a suicide attempt. He's like, or he's trying to make it look like he tried a suicide attempt. You're like, ooh, Ryan, the detective, is <laughs> on the case. Lastly, we always talk about it. Come on. OC, pop culture, those bad boys go hand in hand. Hell, they had a whole episode dedicated to Rooney last week. So, Joe, what piece of pop culture, maybe of the past, the present, or somehow in the future, 
have you been vibing on? It is like the best. I would venture to say that it is the uh, first great meme of 2023. Okay. And all I'm going to say is Angela Bassett did the thing. Angela Bassett did the thing. Viola Davis, my woman king. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, we haven't. I feel like meme in general has become so disposable that we haven't really had a true king or queen meme in a couple of years. But mm -hmm. the Angela Bassett one is definitely. Uh, I mean, I guess like the dumb way I, it's tough because like what is even a meme at this point? I feel like a lot of it's just like TikTok trends. Yeah, like the well, dumb like, ways to die video or like the teenage yeah. dirtbag trends or whatever. I think that like for millennials of which we are the generation. Yeah. I'm uh, I mean I yeah, I think that with millennials it is more a meme is one of those like images with the text, but mm -hmm. like the definition of meme is that it can be literally anything that pervades culture, so it per pervades culture in this way. So like a song can be a meme, a you know, saying damn daniel yeah. <laughs> like with the shoes and all that that was a meme but this is just like it's it takes it it um utilizes the full definition of what a meme is it is also just like delightful and i really hope that some it appears at the oscars <laughs> Yeah, at the time that this episode comes out, the people know if that happened or not. But exactly, so <laughs> I, we will either look like idiots or we'll look like prophets. But you know, and then Angela Bassett, like I think she won an NC NAACP uh, award for like Image Award, and she got up there and she was like, "Well, I guess Angela Bassett did the thing." <laughs> like, <laughs> I just need her, I, and I kind of like wasn't rooting for her to win the Oscar, but if she does win, I need her to get up there and just be like, Angela Bassett did the thing Angela Bassett <laughs> did the thing I want it uh, yeah no that's fantastic I uh I feel like for me meme isn't like a specific thing like you said like in our in our millennial vision it is like you said picture with text mm -hmm. but by the definition it can be anything I feel like the common trait of a meme is honestly like irreverence like yeah. <laughs> like it 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 can be any, like you said, it can be a song, it can be an image, it can be whatever, but it has to be somehow, like, if it feels like it would fit in on an SNL digital short, then you, you sir, have found a meme. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like, that, like it, the more outrageous and absurd it is, yeah, you got yeah. it. Um, Mayan's not that exciting. I did read a book that I quite enjoyed. Uh, that I've been meaning to read for over a decade, but I finally got around to reading Daniel Bryan's uh, biography. Yes, my improbable journey to WrestleMania. Uh, so I am picking this as a pop culture moment because uh, WrestleMania 30, it's the story of Daniel Bryan winning the titles at WrestleMania 30. Uh, at the time this episode comes out, uh, WrestleMania would have just happened last week. So again, we're we're in the future, folks. Uh, at the time that we're at the time you're listening to this and we're recording it in the past. But uh, WrestleMania three was the first WrestleMania I watched with my friends in probably close to 20 years. I watched mm -hmm. it in elementary school and then didn't watch it throughout all of junior high, high school, college, well into my 20s. And it actually was like people like past guests, Matt Stefano, when I was booking a bunch of bands and all of these bands were fans of wrestling and as like the booker feeling kind of 
out of the loop a little bit. I was like, all right, let me it's on Hulu. I can watch like the recaps on Hulu and at least kind of know what they're talking about to like sure. join in on conversation. And then ended up really, really liking it for at least 10 years. I was like a pretty loyal watcher. But yeah, WrestleMania 30 is in my eyes. If you are someone who has never watched wrestling and you want to see the highs and the lows of what makes people love it, WrestleMania 30 is like this perfect, like David and Goliath story being told throughout the the event. Mm -hmm. And there's just like three or four moments that were like, major like holy shit the room falls silent like i can't believe i just saw what i saw type moment so i i think that reading that book just took me back to being in this house it was when i just first started living here with my old roommate and like having a big gathering in the basement to watch it and uh literally just invite i had not established who were going to be the regulars in my home yet I'm not yeah. sure if that sentence makes sense, but like, yeah. you know, like you're like, I've only been here a couple of weeks. I genuinely don't know like who, who are going to be the regulars in this home. Sure. So I just sent an invite to every friend that even remotely had an interest in wrestling. And it was such a weird combination of human beings. And the irony is that now when I have people over for wrestling, there isn't a single person from that original WrestleMania <laughs> that comes over <laughs> because I slowly shift it and learn like who are the diehards, who are the people who just like casually watch sure. and then like cultivate it. Like, well, I'm not going to make the casual watchers feel obligated to come here because they want to see me. So let's create like mm -hmm. a different hangout structure for them. And like it it's it's friendship is weird. You can you can really yeah. car you can really put your friends into different like buckets and stations if need. Yeah. Be. <laughs> Um, I do yeah. it all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, how, it's the only way to survive. Um, but Joe, we got 11 episodes left and then we're done season one already of the OC, which seems insane to me, but I can't believe it. Yeah. And I think with us being at episode 16, I believe we said there was 96 episodes. So we've got 80 left to go before this magical journey into Orange County and Newport Beach is done. Um, well, thank you, Joe, for taking me on it so far, and we will continue into next week for more white people problems. listening to the Geekscape Network.